0: Hi I'm Mark Reed. Follow me as I attempt to put my new book Impact Culture into practice and discuss it with others taking a similar journey. You'll get tips that will help you achieve more impact from your research and stay healthy, no matter how busy you are. Rediscover your purpose. Lead from behind to empower those around you. Transform your work culture. Welcome to Season 4 of the Fast Track Impact Podcast. Okay, so this week we are having a, a bit of a bridge between a series of episodes on Mental health, and a series that are coming up on evaluating and evidencing impact, um, and uh, it is a bridge in more than that, more than one way. Because uh, here today, I have with me the founder of the platform Bridged, um, and I'm going to get uh, get Sarah to, uh, to to spell that for us. I'll put a link to this in the in the notes as well in a moment. Um, but uh, I'm very, very fortunate to have with me today. Sarah. Sarah Singha with us uh, to tell us about this platform and why she created it. Uh, now, talking to Sarah, it's, uh, it's, it's been quite fascinating just hearing her journey and um, and how uh, this has emerged from her own research career. Uh, and I think that, uh, that many of the themes in her own personal story are going to resonate uh, with, uh, with you. Uh, but most importantly, the platform itself, uh, for me, really resonates because it fills a gap in what is, of course, a very crowded social media landscape. Uh, there are so many uh, platforms that uh, we can use to showcase our research, uh, to build case studies and, uh, and communicate what, uh, what we're doing. Uh, But Bridge is fundamentally about enabling researchers to share their admittedly complex research in ways that are simple and that communicate uh, the, the messages from their work powerfully with the wider public. Uh, so, uh, have a look around. Uh, click on the click on the link. Maybe you want to, if you're listening to this uh, and you're able to, you can uh, have a look around uh, as Sarah is uh, is speaking. Um, if you want to try it out, you can uh, just uh, go in with uh, a LinkedIn profile. Um, Google, Facebook—I can't remember. I did it with LinkedIn, um, so it's very easy to just um, set it up and have a look around um, without any uh, any committing to the to the platform. And it is, of course, a free platform as well. Um, so, um, so let's uh, let's let's hear from from Sarah now. Uh, so, Sarah, thank you for making the time to come on, and thank you for following your heart and filling this gap and doing this work. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Uh, the, 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 new platform. Uh, But tell us a bit more about your journey, where you've come from, uh, why you decided to set this up, and uh, and then what is Bridged? How does it work? What's it for?
1: All right. Uh, Thank you, Mark, first of all, for inviting me uh, on your podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to speak about Bridged. Uh, For anyone who may be confused about the spelling, that's B-R-I-J-J-D. All right. So yes, as you said, uh, bridge came into being with my own experience. I started my research journey when I was 26, uh, and I started my PhD uh, in 2016. And I was a very uh, curious and excited uh, researcher. I want. I was excited to be in academia, to be in the backstage of academia. Uh, But, you know, during my six years as a researcher, I realized and observed uh, many things in the research reality and also in the academic reality that made me want to build Bridged. So maybe... uh, our listeners and also you, Mark, uh, can resonate with some of the things that I, am, I have actually listed down here. <laughs> so uh, the number one is that you, know, when you when you become a researcher, we also become trained to be academic uh, writers, right? So the simplicity of writing itself uh, becomes very technical, right? It forms you to follow these specific rules and your quality, the quality of your research itself is becomes, you know, you it's judged by the language that we use. So using the technical jargon of a field along with so many other rules that we have to follow in order to get published, it works as a symbol of how well-versed we are in a subject area, right? So you have to use the technical jargon to make yourself appear as an expert. If not, you will automatically be rejected, right? So, but the sad truth about this technical jargon is that it works as an obstacle, right? So while I was so excited to get my work published and have my name on it and et cetera, I also realized and my excitement went down when I saw that neither my family nor my friends or my partner could understand what I was writing, right? So the technical jargon, sure, it made me feel like an expert, but I also saw that it worked as a mechanism to exclude people outside of our own expert, so-called expert groups, right? And this also includes researchers from other disciplines who are not uh, experts in our own specializations. So I recently wrote this article on uh, LinkedIn as well, where I wrote that, you know, we do research to understand the world, but unfortunately we communicate our research in such a way that the world does not understand research. So we have made access to research this luxury exclusive good that is only accessible to a few. Number two is that I saw that access to research is locked behind paywalls and technical jargon, and this works to exclude people. And number three is that my PhD journey was very isolating because I was in the tourism department, uh, but my research was on coloniality and colonial structures of power. So I was this outcast amongst a sea of other PhD students who were looking into managerial topics. And I felt very isolated and I wanted to connect with people who, who were in a similar subject area. But it was very difficult for me to find these people. I went on Google, I went on social media, I didn't even know how to find these people. I remember getting the names out of the publications that I was reading and I would go and search on ResearchGate and try to connect that way from my view, it shouldn't be this difficult to connect, right? And is that another one is that if I had questions about any of the work that I was reading, it was so one-way form of communication that I had no way of connecting with the researcher unless the corresponding author's email address was on the publication, right? And that itself is such a complicated process. It shouldn't be. Okay. And another is that as a lecturer, I saw that my students to whom I was recommending to read these journal articles and etc., they couldn't understand majority of it. And because they couldn't understand the articles and the academic work, which we made it a must for them to cite, they felt little uh, in front of these publications. So we, our publications also make other people feel less intelligent, right? because they're unable to uh, navigate the technical jargon. So I saw many students give up uh, trying to read and understand academic work, and I think this is very unfair and wrong. And I also saw that there was very little discourse about what happens and what you should be focusing on after you publish your work, because publishing your work is not the end to research, right? There's a lot. It's actually a beginning to the journey. And I saw that some researchers do put the effort to write uh, newspaper columns from their research, but I also know that not everyone gets the access to publish on newspaper uh, uh, columns. And some take it to social media, And I saw many people, you know, they would write a sentence or two and they would link their publication. But then again, people are bound to hit the wall of technical jargon, right? It doesn't guarantee understanding. Then we have science journalism as well. Media sites that are dedicated to communicate science insights. But then something I saw there as well is that if there's two million publications in the world, only a few thousand would get attention because for them it's about newsworthy content right so this way only a minority of content would get attention and there as well there is very little two-way communication because it's not the researcher who is uh, dictating the content on these sites So in general, I saw that there was this major divide between the researchers and the broader public. The researchers, as we term it, uh, lives in this ivory tower, this exclusive space, and there is very little uh, cross-communication between uh, parties, when indeed there should be. Right. There should be, because if not, knowledge does not move beyond this ivory tower. And what what really is the point of knowledge if it doesn't, if it's not accessible for everyone? That's that's what I uh, thought of during my research journey. So I thought to myself, okay, you know, I also saw that many people would talk about these things, but there was very little being done. So I asked myself, okay, why, why, why isn't there any, you know, uh, a platform? I know there are scattered initiatives, forums, discussions happening, and et cetera. But uh, something that can enable to close this gap between research and society. So that's, it, it was all of these realizations, one after the other, I would say, <laughs> that uh, went into imagining bridged. So that's the story of how we came to uh, build Bridged.
0: Amazing, thank you, Sarah. I think that um, one of the things that, that strikes me about uh, about this your story is is, is how the realizations you came to as you researched colonial structures of power and knowledge actually effectively made you an outcast. Uh, You were questioning uh, the structures of power uh, and knowledge in your own institution and then within your discipline and more broadly. And people don't want to listen to that. Um, and, uh, and in fact, mm-hmm. uh, on some conscious <laughs> level, many of us actually maybe quite like the fact that, well, we're really experts and we know what we're talking about. And we get all of this kudos and, mm-hmm. and respect from people without realizing that actually we're making people feel little as you described it. Uh, and, uh, and that's because there is a power dynamic. We are putting ourselves over them. And I think one of the things that I love about this, this story is, is, is the way in which you have had the courage of your convictions to say, you know what, I've tried to, 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 to fix these kind of things within the system. But actually, uh, sitting outside the system, uh, creating a platform like Bridge, continuing, continuing with your own research and scholarship alongside this, yeah, this is how I can make a difference. Let's not just sit here and feel like an outcast, feel like this is overwhelming, that there's no escape. Actually, let's just get out of this and just try and actually start making a difference.
1: Yeah, and and I would say, you know, uh, something I've realized upon launching Bridged as well, and also hearing the stories of other researchers, is that because we have been trained so much with these rules, that now to go back into creative forms of writing and communicating our research is rather difficult, you know, to write in simple words, although should be simple (laughs) has become so difficult because you're not used to it. You know, there are these scientific rules that comes into your mind when you're trying to simplify things and tells you in your mind that no, 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 it shouldn't be this way. (laughs) And, you know, we are so used to using this technical jargon as well. But really uh, what I wanted was to create uh, a social network, which is Bridged is essentially a social network where researchers uh, come together, but not only researchers, but also the broader public. And a space where researchers have the autonomy to create simple content out of their research and tell the broader public stories from their research. Right? Because it's not simply about, yes, I found this, and yeah, I found that. But it's about, okay, what sense can a person make out of your research? Right? I hate using this word, but the real world context of research and how to put this knowledge into making sense about the world. And I know that there are social media platforms, but I also feel that because there's so many different kinds of user-generated content on these platforms, research perspectives just get bogged down. So I wanted to really create a platform where it's centralized on uh, democratizing research, where people come together to connect with research knowledge. I wouldn't say this is the solution, but it is a solution towards bridging the gap.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, and hence the name. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So just to give you a, a bit of a flavour of, of what uh, what they can expect when they when they come onto the platform, and as I said, I'd encourage you to, to have a look around yourself um i've uh, put on uh, two posts so far one as a short article um and uh, and so i can embed images and i've put in a small infographic um in, into into that article uh, but i can link then to the original article with its doi etc um and the same uh, the other one that i've put on is a, a podcast so, um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that in this season I've scattered through a number of episodes on um, on leading for impact, uh, five of them so far. But they are scattered through um, many months of of, of content. Um, and the idea is that every week for the next uh, five weeks, I'll be uh, putting out one one of these episodes um, uh, with a, a short description of what it's about and an infographic infographic or image to accompany it. Um, but uh, again, uh, you've got. The link to the uh, to the original publication in there, and that in this case is the accompanying blog. So you can kind of choose which way you want to go with this: uh, to read the blog version or to, to listen to this. Um, and uh, and of course, then comment boxes underneath uh, where people can discuss the content with you. And of course, like any social uh, platform, uh, it's uh, only as good as uh, the content um, and the number of people who are on it, which is uh, why uh, well, I'm enjoying it. I, I believe in, uh, in its mission. Uh, I would love uh, for more of you to, to join and uh, to put your ideas on and to tell your friends and for this to snowball, because I think this has so much potential. So uh, I'd like to, to, to ask you a couple more questions, um, and um, in particular, I think this is an interesting timing, um, given that um, in recent times we have had some uh, some issues with uh, with Twitter, uh, Elon Musk <coughs> uh, actually taking over. Um, and uh, a lot of people quite concerned about what this will mean for uh, the, the safety, the inclusivity um, uh, and other features of, of that platform. And this is a platform in, in which uh, a lot of people have been successful in terms of uh, communicating their research. I have to say one of the reasons that that I was attracted to Bridged was that uh, on Twitter, uh, I do have a lot of followers, but uh, it's a very targeted Twitter audience. And so I'm targeting people who are interested in uh, my environmental uh, research, uh, which are typically kind of high level decision makers, people in policy and such like um uh, and then people interested in research impact um in terms of the, the broader public yeah that's not why you would follow someone like me um there are you know science communicators and the like and uh, and great and uh, so in terms of reaching uh, a new and wider audience that was one of my motives for um for signing up to to bridged compared to, <coughs> to my very uh, focused twitter uh, twitter audience but I, I wonder, yeah, uh, what, what are your views on, on what's happening um, in uh, in Twitter? Um, and and I wonder to what extent um, Bridge isn't going to replace Twitter because Twitter does other things. Um, I'm not about to, to jump off, at least not yet. Um, but uh, but how, yeah, what, what are your views on this? And and how might Bridge help people who are concerned about what's happening in Twitter?
1: So, uh, I wouldn't say that Bridged is a replacement for uh, Twitter because they function for different uh, purposes. Uh, But Bridged is... uh, was brought into place, especially to uh, tackle these issues of misinformation and disinformation, right? Because uh, many of social media platforms exist uh, for anyone to voice their opinion, but opinion and research are very uh, have different functionalities uh, and uh, values. Right. So, taking into consideration what's been happening in Twitter, especially the latest change of uh, the subscription fee a month to get the account verification or the popular verification uh, tick. Now, this used to be uh, once upon a time a feature that was only given to celebrities or journalists and influencers and etc. And this also meant that, in this system, the algorithm uh, favored and boosted uh, these, uh, the content of the users who had this verification uh, tag. Now, bringing this into a paid system uh, means that anyone, regardless of the popularity factor, would be able to pay and get their voice heard more than others, right? But before talking about this situation, I also wanted to, I thought about the implication of the verification tag itself. You see, the verification tag works as a status symbol. It's a symbol of authority in determining whose voice is heard more amongst the lot, right? So it carries a deep meaning within the community itself that when we see the verification tag we assume the importance of the person and what they have to say right so previously those who fit into a certain uh, criteria was granted this tag so it had that exclusive exclusive factor as well and this was granted predominantly based on popularity and i would say this in itself is problematic right and and it created a lot of disparities in terms of whose voice is heard more and but on top of these disparities of the blue tag now uh, where the popularity factor is built into now we have it in a different way where anyone would be able to pay and get it done and i would say that this is going to uh, this can go into all forms of manipulation of opinion, I feel, in my opinion. But I would say the tag in itself, from its previous state to its state now, had issues overall. So, for example, uh, I saw your profile on Twitter and you do not have a verification tag uh, or that blue tick. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the value of your opinion or the insights that you have to share is uh, less of value, does it? But the system has made it into a way that the blue tag carries a specific value that gives more authority to the voice. You are a professor in your field and you've conducted years of research into understanding a particular area. But even with that, because you do not carry the blue tag in the community, your perspectives are still lesser in the grand scheme of things Uh, as compared so that is the the, it it had become more of a popularity contest now on one end uh, Elon Musk says this is about decentralization it's about free speech and one could say that yeah sure now it's not no longer about the popularity factor and you fitting into a criteria where it's so exclusive now anyone can pay for it and go for it Right? But on the other hand, it's the greater impl- implications of that. Either way, in my opinion, we had issues because of the meaning we had attached to that blue tick. Right? So that has been...
0: Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. I think, so, so I, I did, in, in the early days of Twitter, um, for over a number of years, attempt to get a blue tick um, and was unable to. And uh, I was unable to find out what the criteria were. I was unable to to find out what the application process was. Uh, I tried multiple times, multiple routes, uh, through back doors, people who'd got it already. How did you get it? Um, And everyone told me different things was completely it was completely obscure as to who got them um, and I would agree that it is the blue, the blue tick itself is problematic it was I would argue quite deeply problematic before given that this was yeah. a popularity contest in which nobody knew what the rules were so someone somewhere was deciding who got it and the many academics yeah. but many don't sure. despite trying uh, but what we have now is uh, so a different so a more transparent uh, way of uh, of biasing that information out towards those who can afford the the blue tick Um, uh, and and you could argue that it's problematic less problematic the reality is it is still problematic
1: (laughs) yeah i feel that you know we we need to kind of question the value that we have given to the blue tick and and the voices we listen to uh, and the voices we give priority to uh, in that space uh, because of that blue tick
0: yeah, and I think that it's also important as we're thinking what do we do? Do we stay? Do we leave? Um, I think there are a lot of uh, yeah. groups who have found solace, uh, support, help, uh, who have created their own networks within this platform that are incredibly healthy, positive places. Um, and uh, uh, and whether that is by very careful curation uh, or whether it is actually an accident of, in my case, my gender, race, et cetera, I don't have the the, the same risk factors as many other people do uh, when it comes to, mm-hmm. to trolling. But uh, but this can be a very supportive uh, place uh, for many people, um, and uh, and yeah. and for that rug to be pulled out from them uh, is is causing a lot of anxiety amongst many groups um, uh, on on Twitter, and uh, and so so I think we need to to think uh, about this uh, and ask ourselves, well, yeah. what can we do uh, in a changing online environment to adapt and to continue to protect ourselves and the networks that 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 we value. Um, But, yeah, who knows? If this does become an entirely toxic place, um, then, yeah, people will vote with their feet and for good reason. um, And that is uh, another way of adapting. Um, But uh, but I don't think, at least I'm not there yet. Uh, And I think that coming back to Bridged, uh, this is uh, very much um, an attempt to do what Elon Musk claims he is doing in terms of democratizing um, a platform, um, uh, except without the problematic approach that uh, that Elon Musk is taking to the Blue Tick um, uh, and uh, and other things he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I
1: yeah, I I I thought about this uh, like, let's say it now this is going to change and someone would be able to pay for it. So what essentially, what are you really paying for? I, I thought about that. I mean, what are the assumed benefits that that would come about from having that blue tick, provided the fact that everyone in the community would now know that it is something that you can get by paying. So I thought about this as well. I, I, could, I didn't come to an answer. <laughs> Um, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on who your community is. Uh, um, uh, despite wanting to to get that blue tick when Twitter was was first around, when it, when I was first on it many years ago. Um, I, I, I think I, I, I think twice about this now. I have not pursued this for many years because I look at who has that blue tick and ask myself, yeah, is that a club I want to be seen to be part of? And I think that uh, given my own privilege uh, to then say, yeah, rich white man has now paid to get a blue tick. Is that a look I want? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that I do. Um, as you said, uh, it's possible to get influence without that. Um, and um, in, in my experience, um, uh, the, the, the algorithms also um, register the number of followers and the amount of interaction you get. Uh, so, uh, if you can get to kind of the ten thousand followers mark, um, and uh, you regularly put out things that uh, that get attention um, and uh, I, for, for important. Um, or threads i will put them out to other influencers and ask them can you uh, retweet this amplify this message to to help that uh, and then the algorithms begin to notice okay this must be an important account uh, and ultimately what twitter wants is for the best content uh, and when best this is not necessarily uh, the most accurate reliable best asset most liked content get in front of the most eyes because it assumes that if some people like this other people will like this it adds value to their platform and to their users and so we would argue that that ultimately this is about creating value for your community uh, and doing so in a way that uh, that gets enough attention to then create that snowball effect and that's an alternative way to game the algorithms Mm -hmm. without having to pay.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think predominantly in many settings we exist in a reality where quantity kind of sort of uh, determines quality. Uh, For me, that's uh, uh, problematic in general. Uh, uh, I think this exists in research as well, that we assume that the research with the most citations, for example, uh, is of the greatest uh, quality. Uh, but to disrupt uh, this uh, value system uh, is a great challenge. <laughs> uh,
0: but I mean, this is, I, mean, I want to come back to Bridged and, and a, a final question, if I may, um, because, yeah, this is about the quality of the, the, the material. So this is linked to research publications by and large with DOIs um, uh Uh, and then communicated via the bridge posts um, uh, in simple language. Um, And and yeah, what what is your hope for the platform? What impact do you want this to have? Um, uh, That could be your own personal impact uh, compared to what you were able to have as a a researcher, uh, as a lecturer. Um, But it could be my impact, other people's individual impact as users of the platform, or perhaps collectively, uh, the impact of this platform and those who engage. Uh, What what are your hopes?
1: Really, uh, when I imagine uh, Bridged at its uh, most fruitful place, I really want it to be a space where uh, anyone and everyone come together to get the latest insights uh, from research in from any discipline because we always talk about uh, the lack of scientific uh, literacy. We always talk about this gap between research and society. We always always talk about the the issues of misinformation, disinformation, and fake news, and and the need for society to be informed together, right? But in order to enable all of this, we also have to act our part, right? That that. That knowledge lives with uh, the researchers. And yes, we do communicate it, but we communicate it sadly in a way that majority cannot understand it. So Bridged is to create an impact where you are enabling society to be informed together, where you actually connect with people beyond your uh, scientific peer groups. You know, instead of just speaking between your peers, you would be speaking and connecting with the broader public. And I believe that when we create these connections, we can finally think about being an informed society. But in order to make that happen, we individually have to put the effort towards enabling that. And I think, you know, researchers, we, we have a wealth of information. And we need to put this information to use, and not just be these experts who give advice to other people, but let people have this information so they can also enable themselves to think, right? So Bridged is for that, to come together, to enabling this process of being an informed society, to bring re- attention to your own research by communicating it in simple words and allowing everyone to understand it, to break the barriers that we have in research and enabling your students, the government or the industry or, or any everyday reader as well to get themselves equipped with not simply opinion, but research backed knowledge
0: yeah yes and yes again to all of that what an inspiring vision um, and and ultimately this is Back to you. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, is this uh, this is, is this something that you want to be part of? Um, uh, I certainly love to interact with you on Bridged, and uh, would love to see this um, being the kind of success that you are outlining here. That vision, I'd love to see that become reality. So, Sarah, thank you for your time, and um, and the best wishes uh, with uh, scaling your platform and uh, and building out this vision. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a real pleasure.
1: Uh, Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Mark, for inviting me uh, today as well, and I hope to see you all on uh, Bridged.